When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Sorry we're a couple minutes late. We had a few technical difficulties, but we're here now. With me, as always, is my good friend Jim Stam. How you doing, brother? <laughs> Besides this technology, I'm fine. I mean, yeah, anyways, it's it's not worth getting into. I'm here. We're here. Let's let's talk baseball. <laughs> <laughs> with us uh returning to the show is a, is an old friend of ours who we reference whether he's on the show or not most of the time adam yarkovsky we all know him as yark say hello brother hey what's happening guys thanks again for having me on it's been a minute it's be good to talk some baseball with you guys certainly will man and man we have a lot to talk about we got newsy <laughs> stuff we got controversial stuff we got trade stuff we got future of the team stuff i mean this is going to be some kind of fun and yark was awesome enough to put the wrong mail in slots all day so he could be home early enough to do it this is gonna only be paper excellent. man it's only paper <laughs> Neighbors are cool. They'll pass the mail out. Right <laughs> that's now. what I mean. It's that's a social thing. It like builds family. It builds friendships. <laughs> All right. So let's get started with the. Uh, really, I think what is kind of the most pressing thing: the trades. We got to talk through them. I think a little bit. Uh, I called this episode basically straight chalk on the deadline because I don't think they did anything that we didn't expect they might. You know, the only thing that maybe kind of caught me off guard was the last one they pulled off. Rodolfo Castro to uh, Philly for Bailey Falter. Terrible name for a pitcher. But <laughs> it's like Chris blew it for a kicker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, Bailey Falter, you know, he, he's a guy that's got some major league experience. The Phillies actually gave him a pretty good run in 2022. Not horrible. You know, whip was really the 1.2 something, not bad at all. Um, didn't stick in that rotation. You can understand why. I mean, they went to the World Series. You're not really looking to have a rookie trying to get his sea legs and that kind of a push. Um, this year, he's, he's gotten into, let's see, eight games, started seven, you know, a little over 40 innings, whips a little higher. The walk and strikeout numbers still look pretty good. He's a lefty. They certainly need those in the system. Um, this is the kind of baseball trade, Jim, that you and I have been advising for a while. Use some of that glut to get some guys. This this guy may not ever mean anything here. Maybe he just winds up being a bullpen arm. You need those too. And, and he'll certainly eat some innings for you if you let him, I think. Yeah, I mean... You know, I, I have mixed feelings with Castro, um, to be quite honest. I think a lot of people do. And I, and I think it's valid. Um, hard to give away a guy that has, has, has teased us like that. Yeah. Um, you know, and for a, for a team that certainly could use power in a lot of places, he had that. 
I don't know, you know, I don't know if there was more to it, you know, if, if they just weren't happy with it's, it, we can, we can speculate. I don't know if, you know, they just thought it was best to move on maturity wise from him. I don't know. Um, that being said, you go out, you get yourself a lefty. I think people looked at that record right away and saw some ugliness. Um, but yeah, like you said, the underlying numbers are there. Hopefully he can be a bullpen guy. If he can't, let's just cross our fingers and hope that uh, Castor doesn't go there. And all of a sudden we're looking at him next year and the guy looks like he did with us there for a while. I mean, York, I'm not ready to label him a bullpen guy already. The, the Philly, Phillies have really stuck with him as a starter, even as they've demoted him back and forth. It, it seems like they feel that's in his DNA. And he's putting up the inning pitch numbers that make you feel like that's kind of where he is as well, that he yeah. can be a starter. I think they probably should start there. They need the innings replaced anyway, as we've talked about several <laughs> times. So I'd probably start him there. Yark, what are your thoughts on Bailey, for one thing? And then we'll get into a little bit of Castro, because I do um, think I'm up and down. Three, I, I, I totally agree with um, he's a starter. Um for now, at least, uh, over if you go back and just look at his AAA numbers over the last three seasons or something, he's like a two point nine six ERA. The strikeout is, or I think it's above over, or right around strikeout for nine, real close above, maybe even a little bit, um, <clears throat> in like hundred fifty innings or something. So, I mean, he's a starter; he can do that. I mean, he can come in and fill these innings for the rest of this year at least. You know, see how it looks. You know, PNC Park supposedly plays good for left-handed pitchers or that was always the yeah what was said but um we wouldn't we wouldn't know but <laughs> <laughs> they never they never seem to get any um but that's changing too right now so yeah <laughs> so yeah i would expect him to fall right in i mean before they made that trade i thought wolf was going to fall right in you know just to fill the innings and having come in and have an arm and you know, it's it's actually going to be interesting how they fill it in the rest of the year with Rowanzi and Ortiz and these guys. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And Jim, back to Castro. I'm I'm with you. Conflicted yeah. feelings here. The power's real. The power's effortless. Um, I he's always struggled a little bit more from the left side. I guess I felt like they they almost made it worse this year in an effort yeah. to help him with it. I, I think by trying to, to focus on it so much, I don't think that's a kid that can get inside his own head and escape unscathed. If you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. I, look, we, we love to talk about development, right? And how, how you develop guys. I personally think that some of that's overrated. I think a lot of it depends on the player. And then you go from there and sometimes, but in this case, I will say developmentally and how they handled him doesn't make a ton of sense to me. And I think it's very, and Gary, I think you were just going to allude to this and I kind of just, you know, cut you off, but it's hard. Well, you were excited your mic worked and stuff. So uh, oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> um, it's just one of those things where, very hard to just play so sporadically and you're struggling and then they're they 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 all of a sudden weren't letting him face uh righties and then they did for a little bit and then they 
Then they just benched him all together. And then when he played, he struggled. And then even if he had a good game, he wasn't playing the next day. I, I, I don't know how that works. I don't know how you get a young guy uh, under, you get his feet under him. So I think this is one where you can really look at and go, hmm, developmentally, did you do everything you could for this guy? Yeah, I can make that argument too. But then again, we're watching Piguero. I think he's kind of excelling through that same kind of thing. You know, he has a, a game where he goes, you know, he gets three hits. One of them's a home run, a pretty big home run. Next day, sitting. And it's like, you know, you, you go back to that old school yark where you just want to yell and scream at the TV about Shelton's lineups. Like, why would you sit a guy that was just hot? You know, <laughs> like, yeah. especially when you're not really pulling a lefty righty matchup, stick with the hot hand, right? And they're all kids at this point. Throw a dart, pick one, work and with do you, them. And do you guys think at any level, at any level, we never played professionally, but, but I can tell you if, if I had a good game, and I get to the ballpark the next day, and I just I just rate. Get to the ballpark the next day. I can't wait to have more at bats, and I want them. And I and 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 you're never you're never you're never feeling as good. And then you look at the lineup, and you're just not in it. Now look, if it's a catcher situation and it's a night game, and people don't understand the next day, you know you're probably not going to catch, and they get mad that Andy's not back. That's different. But this. Man, I don't know, guys. I don't know. Yeah. Yark, wrap up your comments about Castro before we go. Uh, I mean, I, I was shocked when he wasn't a set it and forget it at second base to start the year, to be honest, you know. And it seemed like, you know, they did give him a little bit of play early and he and he performed right off the bat. And then definitely odd the way he was used. You know, he didn't do himself any favors. Maybe there was yeah. some maturity issues, obviously, last year with the phone and whatever. Yeah. I didn't think it was a big deal, but it could be a majority issue or just something, you know, you know we don't, I, I don't know that it's just, you're, we're, we're speculating, we're speculating, but you got to think that there might've been something else. They just weren't all that thrilled about. It's just even right. that giving up on um, hitting his lefty, obviously it didn't look good, but I mean, either just quit switching or shove him out there until he really shows that it's just, you know, He's just a platoon guy or send him down right then, you know, when, but it's, it kind of seemed like they screwed him around a little bit here and there. I liked the kid. I thought he had good power, but he was basically unplayable after, after a little while. It was terrible to watch. It'll be interesting to see how the Phillies go forward with them. Um, sounds Very, like they're immediately going to use him as a replacement for Josh Harrison. So they are, he's on the roster. I was, I meant to check. I didn't get to see. Yeah. Let's go ahead and take a quick break here. Come right back and let's pick up our discussion about these here trades. Pittsburgh Sports, we take pride in coverage that connects our city's fans to their favorite teams. Now, that connection's stronger than ever. Introducing our all-new state-of-the-art app. Find expert inside reporting and original podcasts. Check live box scores. Track the latest stats. Chat it up with our community of thousands of fans, all in one place. The new app from DK Pittsburgh Sports. Coverage that connects.
we're back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports. Yark, Jim, Gary, all with you, ready to talk some more trade stuff. Before we get into the next trade, let's talk a little bit about some of the comments I see here about Castro. Uh, Eric Ishman says, Castro's minor league track record shows that he kind of is what he is. Can only wait so long for the tools we've all seen. I agree, Eric. I think something that set Castro apart was that he was an international free agent and it, it allowed him to get to this point very young. So I think he kind of felt like there was still more room with him because he was so young, but I'd agree. I, th- I think yeah. we've seen it. Um, and I think once people learned how to get him out as a left-handed hitter and how he would never hurt you, I think, Everyone took advantage of it. The only way he was going to get hits were, it were absolute mistakes. Yeah. And, and I think too, like if you really wanted to get him hitting from one side, then you'd have to address that in the off season. I don't think you can just throw him in in major league games and all of a sudden have him be facing righties as righty you know what i mean like facing this the strong side like that without really ever he's never really doing that he's always taking lefty at bats on right-handed pitchers right-handed pit uh, right-handed at bats on left-handed pitchers so it's something you you would work on in the offseason more than just trying it midstream i think Dave agrees with you earlier, Jim, just wondering if, if maybe uh, the attitude had a little bit to do with it. I haven't really heard anybody had any kind of issue with his attitude. Um, doesn't mean it didn't happen. I just haven't heard it. And usually you kind of hear rumblings about stuff like that. Just like I never heard anybody really had a problem with Rich Hill either. In fact, I think secretly most of the players kind of ate up his antics on the field, if you know what I mean. Um Pittsburgh sports all the time. Castro has a good bat, but he would always baffle me in the field. Um, sometimes I thought second base, he was fine. And I, and I thought third base, he was okay. I really wish that, that the whole shortstop experiment, I guess what I never understood about it. And, and Yark, maybe this is a good talking point for us to discuss for just a second here. What I never understood about it is I thought we learned the shortstop lesson last year. So I didn't understand trying to learn it again this year, especially when there were so many ready-made options. Yeah, I mean, I, that's that's why he's not on the team, I would think. If, if he could have stuck out at shortstop, he would have played a lot more. It's it, it really his bumbling in the field is kind of really what lost him his spot, the Mercano, in a way. I mean, the hitting, you know, not being able to hit right-handers obviously is, isn't good, but if he could have stuck it out at shortstop, I think they would have maybe su- sucked up a little bit. And and you're right. Like, what what are they doing? I mean, I obviously, Cruz was supposed to be the shortstop from day one, but there really was no backup option. You know, none of the – Mercano is probably the best option defensively, but the guys they had up were Bay and Castro, and neither one of them were good at it, you know, and then – what, it didn't really make much sense after watching last year, just waiting for Cruz to come and then watching him who's, you know, flashes, but even him. What are your thoughts? Alique on is that? nice to watch, that's for sure. What are your thoughts on that, Jim? Because we, we, we watched it in 2022. I think you and I both said like, 
yeah, shortstop's not really in the picture for him. And then this year, I understood the emergency nature of it. You know, like O'Neill Cruz goes down. Okay, I, I, I get it. But after we saw, like, okay, <laughs> this isn't working. Yeah. And it didn't take, like, 30 games to figure out it wasn't working. It took about five. Yeah. Yeah. It, like, okay. Not, you knew right away nothing had changed. That, yeah. Very, very, very uh, into that second experiment with him at short. I guess I have a couple thoughts on that. It's like, I always give players the benefit of the doubt. And I think fans sometimes forget this. They get very mad when a guy's not doing well in position. Well, sometimes, guys, it's just not his position. Like, you, you, you're holding him to a stand, like a standard that's probably like Jack Dolinsky, center field. Is that his ideal position? No. But they're asking him to do it. And so, like, you're getting mad at the player. Well, I mean, he's being asked to do something he's ideally probably not suited for. And so then you get into, I mean, you're doing this with young guys, right? These, these younger players. And it's just a very hard ask. And I wonder why that they, 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 they think that everyone can handle that. Because I'm not so sure that they can. Yeah, I I agree, and I th- I think they put some guys in some really uncomfortable positions this year because of it. And it's shortstop, you know. It ain't yeah, it ain't yeah. It ain't right field, right? So hey, Yark dropped off here for a second, and I'm glad because I thought your microphone was going haywire, but it was him. <laughs> so I'm glad that uh, he dropped off for a second. Well, obviously, Gary, he's, he's been the problem all along. It's why I couldn't get on the show. Like it's York. He's always the problem. Yeah. We'll obviously jump him right back in as soon as he comes back here. But uh, I wanted to talk about the next trade here, Jim, because yeah. it's the big one. Rich Hill, G man, Choi. Um, it was odd because it kind of felt like G man. Choi was a throw in on this, on this trade. Really? Then again, maybe Rich Hill was the throw in. Let's, you know, I, I honestly don't know. Uh, which one they valued more. If you think about it, just we've, we've watched us play San Diego. Jake Cronenworth is in like one of the worst stretches that he's ever been in his career. Mm-hmm. They, they might just absolutely love being able to shove Choi over there and, and sit him down for a minute, see if they can get him right. Um, that It may very well be that that was the main target of their acquisition. Regardless, they send back three people. We get Jackson Wolf, left-handed pitcher. They've already assigned him to double A. That's wise because I don't think he was really ready. Uh, Alfonso Rivas. Uh, we saw him with the Cubbies last year. I am not wild about Alfonso Rivas, but the Pirates already have him um, leading off to start tonight's ball game on national television, which will be wonderful. And I did not. I did not know that. <laughs> young outfielder uh, Estuar Suero. Um, he, another one of these highly touted young lottery tickets. Seventeen-year-old uh, that's already been playing pro ball for two years is pretty nuts. Um, stacks right up there with with your Henry Blancos and and people along those lines. That uh, DSL team, by all accounts, uh, is head and shoulders above everybody else's 
um, Dominican League type situation. So they're doing some good things down there, and hopefully that does pay dividends. What do you think, man? I thought it was a pretty decent return for those two. Yeah, I mean, given what you're giving, uh, essentially two-month rentals for Rich Hill and G-Man Choi, yeah, I don't have a problem with it. I I think, honestly, I think Revis is the guy that's probably almost like the throw-in to get through the rest of the season type guy. Um, He's hit in the minors, I will say that. Um, yes. we've, we have a lot of guys like that. We'll talk about yeah. another one later. Yeah. Yeah, we will. Um, who's forcing us to talk about him, by the way. Yes, he is. Um, yeah. Uh, that's Miguel Andujar, by the way. So stick around if you want to talk about that or just stick around in general. But, uh, no, you know, Wolf is the guy. I mean, like, look, everyone sees his six foot seven, 200, whatever pounds. He's, He's not a big hard thrower. Um, matter of fact, you could probably throw him in soft tossing lefty type things. Yeah. I, I don't think that's going to change. I don't think they're going to find some magical pill. I think the Padres have already tried to find that. They had him trying to add weight to just get his, see if that would help with his velocity. Um, Again, they they were targeting some lefty pitching for the organization. So they went out and got that. The young kid, he's a lottery ticket. Um, I don't have a problem with it. Uh, but I agree with back to something you said from the beginning, Gary, is like we were very focused on Rich Hill. Jimmy and Choi, since he's been back, had actually been hitting the ball and had a very high barrel rate. Right. And like t- teams looking for something super, super cheap. Maybe it was both. I don't know. Yeah, it could be. Cause like, I can't even look at their rotation and think that Rich Hill's in it, you know? So to me, I mean, if I, if I was a Padres fan, I'd be underwhelmed. I think it's kind of a last gasp, but uh, yeah, I don't know about Rich Hill. Where, what do you do with him? I, I don't know. I mean, we could have a whole other show on what were the angels and Padres doing because they're both out of it. I don't think they made enough moves to get in it um, in their respective divisions. So I kind of just, why didn't you just trade some people or whatever? Yeah. And then again, I heard rumors that Shohei basically called them on the carpet and said, if you want me to sign here, you better show me you want to win. And oh, so, well. I don't know. Yeah. I guess if that's still on the table, then you take it. Um Let's talk a little bit more about what this does to the lineup now, because we're finally starting to see these guys start to make their way up. Right now, we have 15, 15 position players on the team. It's too much. Um, it's obviously not going to stand. One of them is Vinny Capra, which I don't think most people have really even heard about. Right. He's a guy we picked up from Toronto. Um, surprise, surprise. Everybody that Toronto DFA's Charrington seems to take a shot at at least. Um, yeah. But th- this guy, you know, he's 27 years old. I actually just looking on, I, he's done okay, but I don't know the benefit here. I mean, like, 
it's, it's almost weird. like Palacios in a way. Like Palacios has done fine, but yeah, Palacios isn't gonna be like here for six years at twenty-seven years old. Well, same with yeah. Capra. I, I kind of <laughs> don't understand what he's doing here. And and the thing is, when pitchers come up, I can tell you right now, position players are going. So right, yeah, I, I don't know. It was weird to me, Gary. Better. Yeah, it's hard. There he is. All right, it's hard. It's hard to. Um, it's hard to sneak names past us, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the name. I've heard of them. Like, I just like didn't think much of it because again, twenty-seven-year-old guy they pick up. Yeah, I'm just like, okay, they're just reinforcing what's going on in AAA. They're trying to just, you know, they're moving all these middle infielders up. Might as well have another one down there that you know can yeah. eat up time for you in space, so you don't have to force somebody else up who isn't ready. You know. I never expected he'd be up here. And now as I'm looking at things, like I said, 15 position players up here, you right. obviously have to back that off by two, you know, a pitcher's coming up. So when, um, falter comes up, which I assume is going to happen as soon as his spot in the rotation happens, one of these players is going, we already saw Nick Gonzalez go for Revis today, which we'll, we'll talk a little bit deeper about as we move on here. But we've already seen them make one call there. Capra has been up here for two days. He isn't playing again today. They've got to make some calls here. Jared Triolo is just rotting too at this point. So yeah. who goes for these pitchers? I would say Capra or Triolo. And as I look at things right now in the lay of the land, I'm sitting here going, Why'd you call up Capra? What are you doing? And Yark, you haven't talked forever because you were disappeared. <laughs> so you can go ahead and talk if you like about Vinny Capra and try to understand that situation. Me? Capra? Yeah, I said your name, well, Yark. Capra. <laughs> well, these old guys in technology today just are not getting along. But yeah, Capra, I think it's a gift thing. Like basically, like, hey, You've been doing really well. Here's your little gift for a couple of days. I can't see him staying much past the weekend uh, until they need that fifth starter. When it, when when is that going to be? Sunday, maybe. Should be. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I, I I think he's the first to go, and then and then Triola with Hayes back. It's it's really. He just kind of—I don't know how much they need him. You know what I mean? I don't, they need more offense, obviously. It seems to me that with with the Hayes and Triolo situation, I understand keeping him up here if you're going to like maybe only play Hayes like two days in a row. If uh, Hayes yeah. is going to play every single day and just get his normal one day a week off or whatever, there's no point in having Triolo up here. That said. Right. Who the heck else plays third base? Well, and then they sent Nick down, and Nick Nick was Nick had played it. So yeah, that's what I mean. Nick's not here. Yeah. So who plays it? I mean, maybe 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 Trevor stays, and he's just the utility guy, and and he just sits on the bench. But no, that actually wouldn't surprise me. (laughs) You know, I, I I don't know that sending Triolo back down. I think Triolo is what he is. And I don't mean that in a disparaging way. 
but I don't think you send him back down and there's all, all of a sudden something else he's going to work on at this point magically to yeah. change the kind of player that he is. I think you can pretty much kind of, you know, um, I see him as, as that utility guy that can go in and give you a solid at bat off the bench if you need one. And, uh, I would I would halfway expect him to survive it, and they would keep him in that role. Now, G1 Bay is a guy that they just sent on a rehab assignment, so just a couple days ago. I would anticipate that's going to be a good week or so. You know, I have every belief they want to get him back up here, and I think it's because this roster is getting very right-handed. Like I think they have to get another. Which left is weird. Up. It's been so left-handed for so long. Uh, yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> Who stood out the most to you out of this whole rush of of prospects? Because I think Nick Gonzalez is a guy that a lot of people, of course, because it's Twitter and social media, have already decided is a bust now after a hundred <laughs> after a hundred at bats. Um, I'm fairly confident he's going to get another shot. Couple thoughts on Gonzalez, though. One, I didn't think he was ready for the call up to begin with, so I was a little bit shocked when they did it. Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure that some of the things that plague him are really uh, capable of improving. The strikeout rate seems to be pretty consistent. I don't see that going away. Um, that doesn't mean that he can't hit enough to to kind of counterbalance that. Um, but I don't know. I think he has to do something to make his power a little more impactful. I don't think he has the kind of power that lets you ignore strikeouts. I really don't. Um, we'll see what happens with him. Piguero to me has been the most impressive guy that they've called up, uh, at least as far as like consistently hitting the ball hard, um, playing good defense, better defense than I think he came on advertised. Um, but uh, Pittsburgh sports all the time wanted to remind me that Twitter is no longer Twitter. It's X, but <laughs> good luck. That's I'm sorry. That is DMX to me. And I will not respect that. Man. <laughs> Disrespect that man. Um, it's Carl Krauser to me. And the, that's what I was thinking. I'm, I'm, I'm way Wrong. back. So yeah. And Dave says, uh, Hayes could get hurt at any time. He's totally right. And Michael is trying to make room from on the 40 man saying he can't believe Andre Johnson, Andre Jackson is still on the 40 man. I think Michael, I've heard some rumblings that they might be thinking about trying to see if he could be a starter. Um, so we'll Wait, see. They did start him. I think he got like a three inning outing or something. Didn't he? Something yeah. Like so we'll see what happens with, with all that. And that might be more of a long range project. He is a big arm. And I, and I do think that they, they like a lot about him. So I could see that sticking around for a while. Regardless, has anybody really stood out in the middle infield though? Besides like, I think Piguero has, but it's also really, really short sample size. And right. they don't seem all that impressed with it because they sit him every other day. <laughs> Alika Williams has impressed me defensively and his bat is more than I thought it would be. Yeah. York, go ahead. <laughs> um, no, nobody has 
stood out. Like for all the middle infielders and all the shortstops and second baseman, they have nobody has really stepped up. Castro didn't. Bay did not. Marcano did not. Now these guys, now like now Nick Gonzalez, he had you know a short shot, and he'll get it again. But the tunes right now, uh, short small sample, and they look they look pretty good up the middle. To be honest, a uh, couple flubs by Pagero. But like, and also some really nice plays, you know, they turned a few nice double plays, actually, that's, that it looks, this team doesn't look embarrassing the last two weeks, to be honest. You know, they played way better ball. The games are um, competitive, you know, they're not good, but they look a lot better than they have over the two months prior. Jim, I think we have seen better defense in the middle. I think Pagaro has been good. I think Nick Gonzalez was great on, on defense. Both that yeah. short and second. He actually impressed me at short quite a bit. Um, Alika Williams, great. Just a great, great shortstop, I think. Um, defensively, I think he's probably the best one they have, realistically. I don't know yeah. if that's Didn't enough to had. on a roster. <laughs> what? Didn't have had, I mean, in a long time. Like, I don't yeah, even know. <laughs> I haven't seen anybody that I felt was that slick uh, probably since uh, – Jack I hate Wilson. To say Jack. There's got to be yeah. somebody, right? Probably since Jack Wilson. That's, that's sad. That's about so as sad. slick as I've seen. Um, and Jordy was good. You know, he worked himself into that. But right, but not like a that. Very natural shortstop, and it was pretty nice to see that. That's all I'm seeing, though, man. The bat isn't crazy great for anybody yet. Um, is it ever going to be, Jim, if they don't start giving people more consistency? If you're sitting guys every other day, which it seems to be what they're doing with like these three man trips, you know, they're, uh, you're going to start for a day or two and then you're going to sit and then you're going to maybe sit for two days and then you'll start for a day. And then they're just messing with them. Like we were talking about Castro. Is it ever going to work like that? Why aren't they using the DH spot a little bit more to help get these kids at bats on days when they're off? And I say that with full respect for Kutch, but Kutch has not done well recently. I'm sorry. And walks aren't enough for somebody you're going to bat third every freaking day. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're valid. It's a valid question. Um, I look at nobody's, (laughs) this is what's worrying me is, is like, you'd like to see somebody out of this Man, you got so many of them that you were having some hopes for that somebody would take it by the balls and do something. But it's hard to do that, though, when you're not playing every day. Um, I'm a little concerned about what I'm seeing. Uh, This was supposed to be a real real deep part of the organization. And I don't know that I'm seeing that. Um, Pagero is somebody that good so far, but it's, I mean, he, how many, how many at bats does he even have at this point? So, I mean, it's, it's Gary, I don't, I don't know. I think they should let guys play as much as Gonzalez has struggled these last 50 at bats. I probably still would have let him play a little bit more, but you know, so I, I don't know. It's very hard for me to like, Boy, I'd love to just be a fly on the wall and see why they make some of the decisions they make because I don't understand 
some of them quite to be quite honest with you. Yeah, I, I don't think that understanding and the pirates go hand in hand all that often. In this case, I have no problem with sending Nick Gonzalez down, if only because I think it's instructive for us. I, I, I'm actually kind of satisfied that Ben Charrington takes his first pick and has him up here for 100 plate appearances and goes, yeah, not yet, and sends him back down. Because you could see guys get too stubborn with somebody they picked or like, no, I opened the window. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, or a trade yeah, target or something, you know. That. We didn't see that. We saw, you know, a pretty quiet send down of a guy that hasn't really impressed. And I don't think that we saw a lot of outrage about it. I didn't see a lot of people freaking out about it. Um, I saw people already trying to turn him into the next Austin Hedges, who's never allowed to hit, which is ridiculous. <laughs> but yeah. Um, you know, there always has to be someone. There's always somebody you hate in the office. I, you know, I, I get it. But to me, I was encouraged that they that they're pulling the trigger a little quicker on things like that. You know, we're not just letting people die on the vine up here, or we're so devoid of other options that we just have to do it. That said, at some point you got to give people a stretch and see what's going to happen. I don't think like a hundred at bats in 30 some games is really where I want to be when I'm onboarding rookies that are important to me. You know, somebody like Alika Williams, if it takes him that long to amass a hundred at bats. Okay. I get it because he was glove first. Anyway, that's what you thought he was. He, yeah, he's hitting a little bit above his head, but you kind of like, you can ease him into the lineup. Let him earn his way into the lineup. You bring up a kid that you drafted for a stick. I want to see the stick. Hit him. You know, when Andy is like taking the next day off, day, that day-night thing, well, the whole purpose of him being able to play other positions is so he can keep his bat in the lineup. Do it. Yeah. yeah. What are you doing? The kid can the play next first day when you can, You could sit catch that day. Sure, you know, exactly. You know, and Andy right at DH. Give his knees a break. Put him at DH. Give Kutch. Kutch is so much better with time off, and he always has been. Yep. You know, they would always run him twenty straight games, and all of a sudden the bat would just start going, you know, south. This you, is you thought, you thought, This is why I asked the question last week, Jim. When I did the five questions, I said they're going to bring Kutch back. Is it smart? This is what I was getting to. Yeah. Because I don't know that they know what they're doing. They feel like because he's a star, they have to have him in there for 158 games. And they don't. In fact, I don't think it's smart to. Well, I mean, look, you find me a 35-plus-year-old guy that plays better the longer he plays, and you're going to have a list that is super, super short. I mean... Those guys need those guys need breaks. Yeah, they I mean, just pretty do. much me and everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Gary, it's you and everybody else. And maybe I'm trying to think of give me one guy in this league at that age with the way guys are throwing nowadays that that they can just run. You can run out there. And, by the way, bat him third. Nelson Cruz. Uh, 
It's not and even it's, he's, so, it's, well, he's like forty something. But but Nelson yeah. Cruz, he does. He hits every day. He takes his at bats every day. It doesn't kill. Yeah, him. it's, it's such age. an anom- It's such an anomaly. Besides yeah. you and Nelson Cruz. Well, you asked. And- <laughs> <laughs> so I, 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 I I'm worried that uh, they feel like they have all the time in the world with some of this stuff, and yeah. and and quite frankly, you don't. I mean, like, th- th- like we need to start seeing more. And if 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 you're afraid to do it because they're not ready, well, then that says something in general, does it not? It does, man. So that's roster stuff. Now let's talk overall team when we take come back from our next break because I think with 55 games left, the math is easy enough for somebody that studied it at my level. DK Pittsburgh Sports, we take pride in coverage that connects our city's fans to their favorite teams. Now, that connection's stronger than ever. Introducing our all-new state-of-the-art app. Find expert inside reporting and original podcasts. Check live box scores. Track the latest stats. Chat it up with our community of thousands of fans, all in one place. The new app from DK Pittsburgh Sports. Coverage that connects. We are back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network, home of all kinds of different voices about the Pirates here. I mean, you can hear Dayon say the things he says every single day. You can hear Alex and Eddie do their show, and they have a different spin on things than we do. I think that's one of the coolest things about our network is that we have three completely different angles at the Pirates here. And a lot of people are out there spewing narratives. And I think there's three shows really trying not to do that. So I can understand why this network's growing. And I appreciate you all for subscribing and making sure you're here. Now, Pirates have 55 games left. They have the ninth hardest schedule remaining in Major League Baseball, which is not a wonderful thing. They, <laughs> I mean, based on everybody's standings currently. Last year, they finished 62 and 100. Right now, they are 48 and 59, which is actually not as terrible as um, I think we, a lot of us would assume it would be just from how far they fell from that first month. Um, you're talking about they only need to win 14 more games to beat last year's record as we sit here right now. 14 out of 55 doesn't sound all that daunting, does it? So chances are they're they're going to show an improved record. Is it going to be enough for us to be satisfied? I don't know. I think Jim and I would both like to see them up over 70 for us to really feel like they've done something good here. But facts are facts. I got to take an improvement as an improvement. So I think we're barreling towards that. Um, they're right now no longer in the basement as the Cardinals have passed them. So here we are, brother. That's where we are, Jim. That's the lay of the land. 
Yeah. I think, I think we have some tough games coming up right away against Atlanta. So I'm recording this now and saying positive things before that four game series. <laughs> so <laughs> boy, boy, that's, that's going to be, uh, <laughs> that's going to be, I think it's, it's four games. So yeah, Brewers, Braves, they got a tough schedule the rest of the way. Um, look, I, I, I want to see them finish on a strong note. <coughs> Excuse me. If it's, it, 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 if it's not wins and losses, then I need to start seeing it. Even if they're losing these games, I need to start seeing it on the field that there is, there, there is stuff happening, right? Um, give me some, give me some flashes with these young guys. Um, let's see Henry Davis give, you know, a, a nice finish to the season. Some of these middle infielders, see what Figueroa's got for us. But like, it, 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 truthfully, it, even if they were winning and they weren't really playing all that well, or I wasn't seeing it from some of the young guys, that would bother me. So I'll take more. I'll take losses. Sad to say, if if I see what I need to see on the field, do I, I see mean, things going like- the right way? Does it feel like you've been watching a six and four team in the last 10 games, York? I mean, like it does not sound like it on social media that they've gone six and four in their last 10. No, and it's it wasn't it seven and four even that, I mean, uh-huh. if you take it back again, I mean, yeah, I, I think they've been playing much better baseball the last two weeks. Um, and if you keep doing that and not be embarrassing and look like you're improving, I mean, I think the goal should be 34 wins and to get above 500 for the team. I don't think they can get there. I don't think they have a shot at that. But I think for them, that should be their goal. You know, I would be happy to get into the 70s. You know, after being so bad for so many months, that should be great. Like, we were hoping that they would still get into the 70s even after April. You know, like, hey, this is a great head start. You know, they could do a lot of things, but probably still like 77, 78 wins, you know? I mean, Jim, I'd be pretty happy if they bookended this season, you know, it started out really good, not a great middle finishes strong, you know? And I I think that's aside from that hot start, that's kind of what I predicted this year. I thought they'd be better at the end of the year than they are at, at the beginning. I still think I'm going to be, happier about the construction of the team at the end of the year one way or another but i'm much more worried about the pitching staff than i than i was when we started the season and it's really injury related it's just i think they've lost so much that now in order for them to reach what i think they need to reach in 2024 i know it's going to take financial investment so that changes it for me a little bit. I can't just go, okay, through attrition, they will improve, improve enough that next year I think they'll hit 500. That's where I was. Now, without the things that they lost, I feel like they probably are going to have to invest some money to reach that next year. So the rest of this year, to me, is just how good am I going to feel going into spring? Are they going to answer some questions for me? We'll see. Hmm. Yeah, like you've been saying that the last three years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but now, but now it really, it really, it, like it's it's starting to get to be to go time, right? Uh, yep. Or or it should have been. So, like, you know, 
that's why like I want to see yes Gary's right the pitching I mean if it, it if this is what it's going to take for them to be forced to do it look their payroll's not going to be bad at all next year as a matter of fact it's still quite 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 low so um whether you think that they've banked this money or didn't or whatever they've got they've got plenty of room there to add will they do it i don't know um i'll i'll, I'll be in wait and see mode but i just want to see these young guys that are supposed to be the catalyst for this man i've got to see i've got to start to see it i've got to start to see it and these last two months i think are extremely critical and crucial for that I kind of um, feel like we have started to see it a little bit. Like I, we've talked about Pagaro. I think he's really done a lot to to kind of lead the charge. I think he's been an emotional leader for amongst the kids. Once he got here, he seemed to kind of take that take that under his wing. I think we've seen Andy Rodriguez be an on the field leader a lot more than I thought he was capable of. Everybody made it sound like we were going to experience this massive drop off when he came up and and started catching, but. I see him directing traffic on the field and making smart plays and doing a pretty good job, like handling the pitching staff. I haven't really seen a big drop off there. So that to me is a couple leaders that I think are emerging from the young kids. Davis has certainly at least been taking big at bats. I think he's maybe pushing a little bit right now. You know, almost trying to be the hero a little bit more often than he needs to be, whereas he needs to just focus on himself and trying to do what he can do in the batter's box. Um, but aside from that, man, yeah, you're right. And, th- and they don't have kid pitchers, really. They just don't. Like, you got Priester, and, and I don't really count Beto. So, to me, until they get, like, Ortiz back up here, I'm kind of, like, the evolution of the starting rotation is just not going to happen this year. No, I don't think on the pitching side, I mean, we'll get another look at Ortiz. Um, I don't think Rowanzi's for me, he's not really in the discussion, you know, until, until I start seeing something that he's even progressing. Um, I think you will see Ortiz back. But other than that, yeah, like, I mean, I think we know what Beto is, right? We know what he is. You know, he's, he's yeah. maybe a, a spot starter type guy or somebody that you can put in your bullpen. Um, but, yeah, so, and the other thing I would be, I, I hope that they don't do is, I think they want to be really cautious with their bullpen the rest of the way if they can. I don't want to see them beat this bullpen to hell in these last 55 games because I think it could be a strength at, at some point. I, I, I don't want to just, you know, <laughs> crazy. <laughs> uh, you know, I do, but I, I mean, am I wrong? Like, do you guys think so? I think it, I think it can be a strength. I like how it's shaped up personally. I think the bullpen, they found some things this year. I think Perdomo yeah. is a decent find. That's a, Big, he's looked, he's looked really good. Yep, he's got the right attitude too. You know, he's got a little bit of Amir Garrett, except hopefully he's a little smarter. Than him. <laughs> and so I think that's that's a decent find. I'm not I'm not ready to fall in love with Barucky. I think he's one of those guys that um, 
he's he's getting lucky that the only runs he's given up or whoever he came in to replace Somebody is, else. Yeah. Um, I've seen that act before. Um, I we called that Dwayne Underwood for a long time. You know, he would that just happened to beat out yesterday, right? Yeah, he would give up whatever inherited runs, and then he's okay. Um, <laughs> I, Bednar, I think we see a drop off from him in the second half of every season, and everybody um, tends to ignore it. But it's time to get David's weight under control, and I say that as a fat guy myself. Lose some freaking weight, David. Like, lose some weight. I mean, for real. It, he's petering maybe, out in the second maybe. half of the season. His velo drops every year right around the same time. And it's not from usage this time. I cannot blame Shelton for it this time. He sat for almost a full month, and he's still at the same place, tired. Missing spots. Every ninth inning is an adventure When once he gets to this point. Yeah, it's... Uh, Go ahead, Yard. No, go. Uh, he um he has been missing spots, and it has been an adventure. And 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 if that's what when you know if he's the guy that we're gonna hang our hat on for when it's time to make the playoffs. Well, I mean, if he can't get it done in the playoffs and down the stretch, like maybe they should trade <laughs> More importantly, if he's the guy we're gonna, you know, refuse to trade at all costs at the trade yeah. deadline. For, for pieces, which, again, I agreed with, and, and I didn't think they were going to trade him this year. But, I mean, if, if that's a stance we're going to take every year, because we think he's a piece. First, I think it's flawed thinking to ever call a closer part of your core. I right. just I, I just don't believe in that. I'm sorry, I don't. Um, I also don't believe that David Bednar has to be our closer to be a worthy participant in the bullpen. So I'm okay with him just being a solid arm back there. I don't need him to be a superstar forever, but they're treating him as such and they're afraid to trade him as such. So if that's the case, I need David to be the best David he could be because this isn't it. You can't peter out when, when there's 50 some games left, this is when you need to be at your best. And yeah, maybe maybe I'm imagining this, but I thought there had been at one point this year where he had talked about he needed to do that, and he had. Uh, I mean, uh, <laughs> am I wrong? Do you guys remember that that he had said about trying to get his weight down a little bit? Um, I don't remember it off the top of my head, Jim. Okay, but All right. I'll, I'll take your word for it because you don't make yeah. stuff up. So yeah, just, uh, you know. Well, look, since we're on it's the bed, it's an emerging topic, problem to me. That's all. Yeah. Well, since we're on the Bednar topic, and I'm just going to throw it out. If David Bednar was from Vermont, would he still be a pirate right now as we sit here and talk today? I think so. I don't think that has much to do with it this year. I think it's a factor. But I don't think that it's why they were asking for so much for him. I think it's because they knew they didn't have to trade him. They've got a decent amount of control left. Um, I think that's why they asked for a lot in return. I don't think it had anything to do with it. For instance, Mitch Keller's from Iowa, and he's still here. You know what I mean? And he's a starter, so it's a different market. But 
I don't think the hometown thing had much to do with it this year. I do think that he's positioned himself to the point where this team is going to wear a black eye when and if they do move on from him. Like he's got them over a barrel in a way. He goes to every function they do. He is Mr. Pittsburgh. Uh, he's doing everything that Neil Walker did. Neil Walker, oddly enough, back problems were what ended his usefulness here, right? <laughs> so it's not like it can't happen. Um, but I think some of this team has things. to make a decision in the next year. Yeah, Is that David Bednar for a couple of years or about the, about the trade. I'm sorry. Yeah, just a simple question. Yeah, if if he was from somewhere else, would he be a pirate right now? Uh, I I I tend to think that if yeah, if he's from Saskatchewan or something, I think that they, I think that (laughs) the ask is less. You know, you know, the ask is less, and maybe a team steps up. Uh, But like, if you look at the the trades that were out there for relievers, I mean. I don't know. I don't know how many of these teams want to pay for four years of a guy when they can go get one and a half years of a guy, you know, and only give up so much, you know, I yep. think the teams would rather just get a doubts. year and a half and give up. I have their- my doubts as we sit right here, that he'll be an elite closer by the time he's done with his team control. Oh yeah. No, I well, mean, he could switch in th- next year. I mean, I don't think I it think will. That, but- so do people trading for him. Right. The only thing I can say is if if you were smart and you traded for him, well, you could just turn around and trade him in a couple of years and get probably a decent return yourself out of him. You know, so there's a lot of value in that. It's not as though I'm saying he's not a valuable player. I just think all in all, the the Pirates, because of where they think they want to be next year, couldn't pull the trigger on that and reasonably sell that they're trying to win. It's the same with Mitch Keller, which if anything, Jim is kind of what makes me feel most good going into the off season. I feel like they have made some decisions, even just at this deadline that tell you, yeah, next year is going to be something where we have to invest. I think keeping guys like Bednar and Keller tells you they're going to keep moving forward towards it. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll feel a lot better if they get Keller's deal done. Um, he's he's just too important. I mean, if they want to move Mitch Keller, they're not going to have a problem doing it because every team would want Mitch Keller. Yes, he hasn't been as sharp as he was early on this year. But I think we're at the point now where we see a Mitch Keller and we know he's got to be a part of it. And we don't know when Skeens is going to be up. And so I just think that, yes, you get Keller extended. You better be a player for somebody this offseason that is a step above the guys they've been getting to fill out this rotation. You've just got to get a little more serious about it. I would agree, man. One more topic here before we let everybody go today, because it's it's hot. It's hot as fire. Miguel Andujar. <laughs> All right. Everybody, promise. everybody, I promised I did. Everybody's got opinions on Miguel Andujar. Um, you know, I, I understand when somebody puts up numbers like he did in, 
in in 2018 in his rookie year, you kind of expect that that's in there. I think Brian Hayes suffers from that to a degree, you know, even though his was only a month. Um, you've seen him do incredible things, so you just think. Well, he, he's got to be able to do those incredible things again, right? <laughs> I mean, that's got to be able to happen. So often it doesn't, though. Um, I explained it like this when somebody asked me the other day why Miguel Andujar doesn't get caught up. I basically said, like, if you have a daughter and you give her your car like three times in a row and every day she comes back with busted fender, that fourth time she asks, you might not hand those keys over, right? So. Miguel Andujar has had chances. He's had extensive chances. He doesn't just come up here and not do as good as he did in AAA or not do as good as he did in 2018. He comes up and collapses. That's what happens. And he can't play anywhere. You can't That's really big play thing. him at first That's base. That's my big thing, too. Just, you I, I, wish he played, I wish he played first. Uh, you anywhere. know, if he did. Yeah, but I, I think ideally, York, for me, is like I look at first base. I mean, you just get rid of the guys that could do it. It would just be perfect. I would say, what do you have to lose? Like, just, yeah, you could, let, him play, let him play first. Let's see. Let's one more time. I know it's probably a waste, but because of the situation they are in at that position, and who knows what's going to happen with other guys, I, I the thing is that made me, I immediately dismissed it like a month ago. I was like, <laughs> forget it. And then he just continues to hit and hit and hit and hit. I mean, like, it's kind of ridiculous at this point. <laughs> I don't like, know what. Come on. Right. Right. But I don't know. <laughs> Do like, what are you, <laughs> right. And what are you doing with him? I'd almost rather just let him. I mean, like. If someone else is going to give him an opportunity, if we're not interested in it, that's what I would be asking if I was that. If I was him, uh, it just seems like a waste. I get it; still seems like a waste. At this point, if you were to call him up, I mean, we—he's in arbitration already. So, if he were to come up, you're giving him two months to basically prove to you that he's worth arbitration again next year, right? That's what you're doing. And you're putting him on the 40 man and adding that congestion into a situation that's already congested. So you bring him up here. Let's say, let's say he absolutely rakes. Let's say he does. He did exactly what he did in triple a transplants it to the major leagues, just goes ape. Well, he's your DH. That's all you can really do with him. So what do you do in the off season now? You, you have a couple of decisions to make, right? Miguel Andujar came. This is for all the people that are literally crying on social media to have this guy come up and get a shot. I'm going to tell you, let's, let's have it happen. He's awesome. This is what you have to do then. You have two decisions to make. Do I bring Kutch back? I mean, Kutch is a DH only two at this point. You're not going to have two right-handed DH onlys. And I think we're beyond pretending Miguel Andujar can play in the field. And I think we're beyond pretending Kutch can't. Now, is it better to have Kutch for the PR aspect and the walks and everything and getting on base and leadership and 
Or is it better to have Miguel Andujar, who's just raking? The baseball nerd in me says, you know, Kutch, because I think he's very important to what they're trying to do as far as like building that culture a little bit. But if Miguel Andujar's raking, so you have to decide in the offseason two things based on Andujar doing well. Am I going to pay Andujar another year? Probably three, four million off over the off season. And am I going to retain Kutch? You can't have them both. I don't think. What do you think, Yark? No, I mean, did you see his walks? Like the guy has never walked. Even the year he was good, he didn't walk. It's just it's, his stats are weird and crazy. It's just it just was so fluky. And even what he's doing now, hey, it's great. And I hope this guy can latch on somewhere. And if he could play defense. I would have him up now, but right now they have a lot of other guys that they need to see. And he's just going to clog that up, you know, cause he, he has to play DH and Kutch is going to play DH. You're just, he's, he needs to hit his milestones. He's going to get his time. Other guys could run through that DH, you know, uh, spot in the lineup, you know, way before we got to give in to heart plate appearances. Um, yeah, Jim, I'm, I'm struggling with it, man. How about you? Yeah, well, York said something very, very important there, and that's eventually where I will end up on this. You can't have it taken away from the guys we need to see and the things we need to see. If it starts to take away from getting guys at bats and playing time that are are probably more important for this um, long term, then 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 that's where I will I will uh, you know bow out so i think it's a nice thought to entertain i just practicality wise i don't know how you make it work i think it would take an injury to see him caught up at this point uh, to somebody that plays either one of the positions he supposedly does joe or maybe. yeah or Koch himself yeah i think you'd have to have it be something like that um then I, I don't even see him getting really consistent at bats. I think that would be a struggle. Again, I don't think you'd use him a lot. For some reason to me, just not being able to really play in the field and not being able to trust him in the field separates him from guys like Palacios and um, even Capra. They can play the field. So, like, I get it. But I really just don't understand what, what they've done with with Andujar all year. Like they he was the first one they agreed to terms with like preseason. Like they just were like, yeah, we're not going to buy no arbitration. Here's a million dollars. We want you. They loved what he did last year, right? This year he got like a tiny little cup of coffee and they were like, bye. I just don't really understand what the, what what was the purpose of, of the whole thing. Why did we deal with it as long as we did? I, I don't understand the whole handling of Miguel Andujar. It seemed to me like and Andrew McCutcheon's signing changed what they wanted to do with him, right? Well, <laughs> we've said about three, four times this this show even. We're not understanding some things about what they're doing. And, um, hey, you know, we don't have to understand every move, but you start stacking enough of those up. And then I'm like, well, wait a second. What the hell's going on? 
So yeah, I, it's just been, it's just been bizarre from the beginning with him, and uh, I don't know. Are they just gonna let this play out, and then he's just locks? Uh, which, I think so. I guess that's probably what's gonna happen. It's just stra- it's just strange to me. Super strange. I, well, he could yeah, stick around I, theoretically. You know, if they just well, knock off Barb, and then he can stay. I mean, if nobody else well, wants him. <laughs> I think someone else will at least. Nobody wanted to pay him before when he could have been claimed. He was DFA'd earlier this year, right? Well, yes, but I, I would imagine someone will take a look at that. There are some teams out there, I mean, that probably will at least give him a shot. I mean, if it's a dead end for him here, which it appears to be, I would, I, if I had anything else, I wouldn't stick around, would you? No, but I don't know who's coming calling, you know, to be honest. Somebody may. But I thought, maybe, yeah, I don't know. I guess the, the million dollars he was owed or whatever it was this year was a little bit like nobody wanted to pay for that. So Super strange. Yeah. Regardless, all I think wrong. we all land pretty much on there's a reason he's not being called up despite his hitting. That said, you can't ask a guy to do more offensively no. in AAA. You it's just crazy. can't. No. Anything, any question that you had about his offensive skills in AAA, he's done. Just hasn't translated to the majors and I, and I'm not sure that the pirates should even bother with the experiment. His success might be more damaging to what they do <laughs> moving forward than, than his failure or not ever getting an opportunity. So I, for one, am just for washing my hands of it and just letting him try to make Indy respectable the rest of the way. Something along those lines. If I, if I can ask you guys a question. So uh, not Andujar, but CSN. In a normal year, if you'd look at his numbers, what he's doing this year, fans would be falling all over him. Have we just seen uh, too much of him? Uh, and actually, he's kind of like flipped his profile too. He's hit for way more power than he's had prior. He's, I think he has 10 home runs, 11 stolen bases. He should just be basically a walk guy. What do you guys think of that? I agree with you, Yark. I, I've noticed his numbers too. They've brought him up a couple times and then they just sit him on the bench and don't play him. <laughs> like it's, I think we've seen this theme over and over again. It's something we're going to have to explore as we keep going into this. They've got all the prospects, but basically is Ben Charrington, a guy that once you hand him a fresh deck of cards, he has no idea how to deal them <laughs> because he's collected a lot of nice pieces here. I don't think he is deploying them in in a way that is really best for their ultimate development at the major league level. And that's something that I think we're going to have to explore as we move forward, but we are way over time. So that is not going to happen today. We're done. (laughs) Um, Real quick. We got, we got to find out. We talked about this year, Gary, it was like, find out about guys time. And I don't know that we've done that enough. I totally agree, Jim. And I think next week, that's probably what we need to focus on is what have we actually found out this year and what do we still need to find out this year? That that sounds like a good topic for next week. And that way I won't even have to think all week. I'll just. Maybe Piguero is the one we find out about. Let's hope so. We are. All right. Yark, thank you for coming on. And I'm sorry about the technical difficulties. No, I'm sorry too. We fought through it and and I think it was a good show and I'm happy that we, we got (laughs) it done. This is episode 98, episode 100. I want to do something a little special. So if you've stuck with us this whole time, if you bet on the show in the past, 
reach out to me in DMs, either on Facebook or Twitter, and uh, we'll see if we can't get a rapid fire, you know, five minutes each of, of people that have been on the show before just to come on and say a piece and uh, kind of have a little reunion show at 100. And Graves will definitely be with us. I've already confirmed that. So without further ado, let's toss it over to Ben and let's go Bucks for those of you watching on video. Let's go Bucks!